0: Welcome back to the Untangled Podcast, where we explore how plausible an obscure alternative reality really is. Today, we're taking a close look at some of our favorite movies, the Star Wars series. As we all know, where something popular exists with a massive fan base, there will surely be conspiracies. So today, let's prep those hyperspace drives and hone our force abilities as we explore the less plausible side surrounding the Star Wars franchise. And, as always, before we get into it, Don't forget to like, subscribe, drop a comment. We appreciate your support. Thanks. Welcome back, everybody, to this beautiful episode of our uh, little podcast here. Um, Han, do you want to do the honors? Do you want to ask me to introduce myself this time? Because I always ask you to do so.
1: Well, Simon, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself?
0: Thank you, Han. I I thought you'd never ask, so, you know... As people know, I'm Simon. I'm 24, I believe. I believe I am. Yes. And yeah, I live in Brussels now. I work here. And I do a conspiracy podcast together with my friend and a guest every time. Joining us today, in addition to my friend Han, is Sav. Sav, tell us about yourself. Who are you? How do you find yourself here today? How excited are you to be conspiratorial?
2: Hi, I'm Sav. I find myself here today through bribery and coercion by Simon. Um, (laughs) I'm joking. Or is that another conspiracy for another time? Uh,
1: That's the last one I think can come back and and explain how Simon coerced them.
2: That has to be the final episode of how I was coerced to get here. Um, But I'm Sav. I am a fourth year political science student at the University of Waterloo, I'm 22, and I'm currently situated in Toronto, Ontario, Canada.
0: Interesting, interesting. And in the middle of a snowstorm, they say?
2: Yes, a very, very promisingly bad snow snowstorm.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. Anyway, Han, you're last. You get to introduce yourself again, too.
1: Of course. Who are you? Um, hi, guys. I'm Han. You know me from the previous podcast, if you've listened to those. Um, I'm... 24 i live in the netherlands i study international relations and uh, yeah that's about it doing podcasts yeah
0: cool cool so i know there's a snowstorm going outside of usab so let's say it's it's a it's a cold day a nice wintry day you don't want to go out you just want to curl up inside you got nothing to study for you just throw on you just throw on netflix you throw on disney plus whatever what are you watching what's your go-to
2: um... thing of choice Recently I've been watching a lot of Dragonstone. Um I watched the British one and I watched the Canadian one. I do not like Shark Tank, just the American one. And I think there's an Australian Shark Tank as well, but I've been I've been watching a lot of Dragonstone.
0: Ooh. I I'll, I always used to think Dragonstone was Canadian because I swear it started before Shark Tank, but I'm pretty sure it's it British. Did. Yeah, yeah, so the so British
2: confusing. one. No, actually I think it was the Dutch one that started first. And then it was the British one. And then it was the Canadian one. I'm pretty sure it's something like that.
1: Can you confirm, Han? I, I don't know this program. You don't what? Read Dragon's Den? Dragon's oh. Den. Oh, oh, heard, I'm going
2: to go Google now to see if it's the...
1: I'm also not very good at television shows. I'll, I'll be honest.
0: It's it's basically a show where where like misguided entrepreneurs or failing businesses come on and pitch their company to some very egotistical business people and they get to like, you know, try to sell it. It's where Kevin O'Leary, you know the famous short bald guy? Uh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah I do.
0: He's the most famous person I've ever laid eyes upon. Um, <laughs> anyways, he's like the
2: He's the, short in person. I've seen him in person tiny. too. Yeah, yeah, I was taller than him.
0: Mm, well, I mean, beyond TV shows, this is not the, the segue I was hoping for, Sav, here. Sorry. Beyond TV shows, <laughs> exactly. what movies do you like?
1: <laughs> it's actually, uh, well, just, just, to, just to stick it in between, it's actually a, a Japanese program called Manenotora, which means the Tiger of Malaya. Oh. Tigers of money is what it is.
0: Are we talking okay. about the same thing here? <laughs> I yeah. guess so.
2: Interesting.
0: Mm, cool. Well, now I know. I the
1: Japanese one.
0: Okay, okay, Sav. I, I, this, this segue is not going very well, but I, I'll point you right now. If you're going to point me to your favorite movie franchise of all time
2: Star Wars, without a shadow of a doubt.
0: Hmm. And do you remember when uh, I first approached you about Conspiracy Podcasts? You gave me a list of things you'd be interested in talking about. Yes. And that included Star Wars so yes. piece together where we're going today with this episode because you have no pride I didn't tell you beforehand what we
1: were doing
2: I'm going to assume Dragonstone
1: I- <laughs> valuable a- close so close <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right let's do some Star Wars
0: yeah How yeah t- tell me t- tell me about your experience with uh, Star Wars Sav, and then I'll go to Han and then um, why-, why are you such a big Star Wars fanatic
2: oh God that's a loaded question um I don't know I grew up with Star Wars I I'd seen the first I begged my dad to let me watch Star Wars when I was about six and we binged them together in my grandparents basement uh we did four five six and this was when uh Revenge of the Sith was coming out so we did four five six and then one two three after they were finally released on DVD and then yeah I fell in love with Star Wars and then with Star Wars came this TV series called Star Wars The Clone Wars, which was an animated mm-hmm. series. And I was about eight when that came out. And it was the first time that they actually had um, a female Padawan into Jedi as a forefront of the story in Star Wars. And I related to that character a lot and a lot of ways I grew up with the character. So I feel like Star Wars has been very integrated into my life just from from childhood and it's an amazing series too politically spiritually that it covers a lot of topics so yeah I, I enjoy it
0: yeah that's a good answer I feel like for a lot of people it's been a big childhood kind of thing because it's always mm-hmm. been I've always viewed it as more of like a mythical kind of series because when you I feel like when you actually watch the movies there's so much extra loaded context to everything that it just stands out in some senses.
2: Yeah, I feel like, you know, watching it as a kid, I watched it because I loved the action. I loved, you know, like lightsabers and the ships and like all the kind of like stuff that kids are really supposed to like grab to, which is the demographic that they're going after. But then mm-hmm. as I've gotten older and I've understood a little bit more of like the political connotations to what's going on and the concept of the force and where that was derived from and all these kind of bigger bigger kind of like issues if you will or factors that, ha- that has made me love Star Wars into my adulthood.
0: Mm. What about you Han? Is is your is your background as romantic as it sounds? Sav-
1: <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna I was just gonna go there. No, it isn't it's it's much less romantic. It it does for me stem from childhood cuz I I'm I've, I'm slightly older than you, Sav, so for me I saw Attack of the Clones in the cinema. That was the first one I saw, um, and I loved it because it was uh, people in in, in bathrobes doing backflips with shiny th- shiny swords. Which I mean, I, I think it was like five, or four or five at the time, and you, you got to love that. It's just too much fun to see them do the flips. Even though I watch it now, and I'm like, this is so over the top, and, the, and like a lot of the animation is not that great. But as a kid, I just enjoyed the hell out of it. So. Um, I used to then like get all the toys and stuff and like get all these fa- figures and get these plastic lightsabers, which were totally not as cool as I thought they would be because they were way too big for me. Like I couldn't hold them in my hand. And then I was like, no, this is, I can't play with this. This is terrible. Um, so yeah, for me Star Wars is just one of those things that is very much integrated with my childhood. Um, and as I got older, I kind of, saw as at least for the first movies I saw kind of the the cultural impact of it because the first Star wars movie was probably like one of the first actual big blockbusters that it's insane how big that movie was everybody saw that movie everybody it in 1977 yeah. this was like the first real blockbuster so it's really cool to see how that translates to now because my parents saw that in the cinema when they were like... 20-ish I think which it's interesting to see how it's kind of skipped over generations or moved away uh, moved along with time and now I watched it with my parents so yeah it's just a nostalgic thing combined with just the cultural impact I suppose yeah I yeah because I was
0: fairly late I mean it took me a while to see the Star Wars movies but I've always been really fascinated by it because for me the big avenue into it, weirdly enough, was kinda of like Lego. <laughs> oh yeah. Like loved, like, Star Wars. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause we never my parents never really showed us the movies until I was older. So my, my siblings grew up with it a lot more than I did. But it was always like the cool thing and then
1: the Legos and then video games and then
0: finally. Oh the C Lego video
1: games. There you go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Play yeah. play those a whole bunch. On my PS2. Yeah, first game I had, first game I got on my PS2. Loved it.
0: Oh, I, I still have really fond memories of just my brothers and there there are certain spots and certain maps where you can lay in such a way with a sniper rifle where you can pick off your like my brother or another sibling of mine without getting shot yourself and we had the bandos because yes, but
1: good memories.
2: <laughs> i think that's star wars battlefront 2 yeah that was an awesome game too yeah that's
1: that's great yeah that was awesome too but now the lego one was fun because you just it, you could play it co-op so i could play it with my uh with my neighbor um mm-hmm. yeah we just kept killing each other and like running into <laughs> stupid stuff it was, it's, it's great fun i played it with a friend recently again it's still fun It's it still holds up
2: I always get, I like I have a PS4 uh, and I always make sure I get the Star Wars Lego games cuz they're they're actually a lot of fun to play.
1: They are there.
0: Speaking of things that might not hold up so well. You know, Star Wars is a bit of a convoluted series. It has a lot of plot, a lot of expanded universe, a lot of details. And when you combine it with a rabid fan base of tons of people, many of whom are much bigger fans than us and dedicate much more of our lives to every nitpicky detail, there's bound to be some conspiracies that emerge, some things that don't add up, some things that don't align. And that's what we'll be talking about today.
2: Can I guess what one of the conspiracies is going to be?
0: I was going to segue that way into it, Sab. Okay. so go ahead. You're taking the words out of my mouth.
2: So one of the biggest conspiracies in Star Wars fandom is... Mm-hmm. Who Shot First? And it's between Han and Greedo in the cantina on Mos Eisley. So I wonder Mm. if that's where we're going to go into.
0: Well, the way we're going to structure the episode today is a bit different than how we've structured our previous episodes, where we tend to just focus on one big theory and discuss every minute detail related to it. The way we're going to do here is more of a grab bag episode, which is a concept I think we'll play around a bit more of in the future as well. We have several related smaller conspiracies, so we have a bunch of different Star Wars conspiracies lined up. And at the end of each little segment, we do we're going to rate them how believable they are in the Star Wars universe. Alrighty, alrighty, Han, Do you wanna do you wanna kick us off? Maybe we should start with the theory that Sab was mentioning first.
1: We we can do that. We can definitely do that. Uh, So yes, you did guess correctly that we are going to talk about the infamous. Uh, scene in the cantina so just to explain to i mean to people who might not be as intimately familiar with it in the first scene i think where we meet han solo um he's... oh my
2: gosh it cleared in with me han and han solo
0: that was my that was what my intro was going to be i completely forgot about the excitement around our podcast oh i was gonna make fun of you having a
1: name that's shared
0: we
2: could Oh yeah, it at the yeah, end yeah. if you want. <laughs> yeah,
1: you can, I mean, you can do it. You're you're going to be you're going to be one of like a million people that have done that, so go ahead. <laughs> Original. I will have I will have
0: to say Han is a very it's really weird how that very Dutch name ended up in this very somewhat American movie.
1: It it does. Yeah. I I I honestly don't know why that happened, but yeah. I I should look that up at some point actually. They stole my name.
0: Uh, I mean, maybe because your parents saw it before you were conceived. Maybe you stole his name.
1: Uh, no, I was named after an <laughs> uncle who was born way before Star Wars. So uh, check and made, Simon. Well, who shot first? Who knows? Well, oh yeah, let's talk about that. All right, so... <laughs> that um, a <laughs> damn it. All right, we're going to talk about the famous who shot first scene in the cantina. So Han Solo is introduced at this as this dashing rogue kind of character who doesn't play by the rules and you're not quite sure of what his motivations are so when we encounter him he's in a cantina and he gets held up um by this green alien type of guy who's a bounty hunter his name is Greedo and uh yeah he talks in this weird language that nobody really understands so yeah he basically tells Han look you messed up Uh, there's a big bounty on your head which I'm going to collect and also I hate you, so I would love to kill you right now. And then Han Solo basically shoots him and kills him. Or did he? And this is quite a point of debate because there are two versions of this movie. Actually, there are multiple versions of this movie. Um, So in the first official version in 1977, the scene is quite ambiguous You can see Han Solo sitting in front of the green alien. And uh, there's this blaster sound as Han Solo. You you see Han Solo grabbing his gun as the other one. The alien is holding his gun across the table. And then you hear this blaster sound. And all you see is this alien exploding. You don't actually see any gunfire or anything. You just see the alien exploding. And then Han Solo just gets up. Yeah, that's a really cool scene. (laughs) But for some reason, in the second edition of the movie in 2004 they added a scene in which they both shoot at each other and you can see Greedo shooting and missing Han Solo and they both shoot at roughly the same time so it kind of takes out the ambiguity which was there and a lot of people got very pissed off about it because they saw all right this is neutering the Han Solo character Han Solo was really cool because like he's established as this badass who could actually be quite ruthless and just straight up kill a guy in a bar, which is pretty rough. So, Sav, who do you think shot first?
2: Um, I'm going to start this by saying, as a Star Wars fan, this is a conspiracy that I really gave new, like, I really didn't give a fuck about. Um and I say that in the most respectful way possible because I never understood why people were so obsessed with who shot first. Um but if
0: I no, had to if if Han shot first, he's a cold blooded murderer. Yeah. Basically. If he's not shot at, there's yeah.
2: But he either have a way, to shoot. either way, it's supposed to be like well, a lot of inspiration is derived from like Western films, right? Like mm-hmm. this kind of cowboy esque, guns blazing, quick shot, yeah. boom. Right. So he's a cold blooded killer, if not since either way. Right. This is by virtue of who these people are. They're bounty hunters, right? They're mercenaries. So, I I don't know. Like I don't I don't really care. But if I'm if I'm strictly looking at the photo that's in front of me, it's. I mean, it would be pretty obvious to me that Greedo looks like the one who shot first.
1: Um, Exactly,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. So, so I, I can totally see where you're coming from because I don't really care about the whole scene either. But what I do find interesting is that they added a scene 27 years later to establish that Han didn't shoot first, even though it's a crazy, it's a kind of a strange scene because. They both shoot at like a millisecond after each other, which is just a crazy reaction time. And the bounty hunter guy, who's supposed to be a trained killer, he does this for money, just shoots him, just misses him at point blank range, which is just dumb. Well,
2: Han moves in the in the actual scene. You see Han move slightly.
1: He moves slightly, but I mean, are we are we thinking? Does Han Solo can he dodge a bullet at point blank range? Because that's also insane.
2: But is that mm-hmm. is that more because Han is has been in this world for how many ever years and is a smart guy as as it's being established here that he knows what's coming and what about replicom- Greedo?
0: I, but, yeah, Gre- I always thought Greedo was an older guy. He never struck me as a young one.
2: Um, I mean, I don't doubt <laughs> it. I just I think it just more speaks to the skill of Han Solo as a mm. as a bounty hunter or not as a. He was more of a smuggler in that kind of... Like, he just was a bad dude in that world, right? So I think either way, it's establishing Han as being a smart guy who's pretty skillful and who can shoot people, right? Like, he gets the job done. I'll
1: I'll now move to the the actual conspiracy theory, which is my personal little theory. I'm pretty sure this might have been said before, but I came up with this on my own and it doesn't make any sense but it's much more in line with a the conspiracy theme. So in the script of the actual movie it was quite amb- it was supposed to be ambiguous who shot first because you you hear a shot and then Greedo explodes. So it doesn't really matter who shot first cuz like Greedo dies. You don't even hear two shots. So for some reason George Lucas thought it was necessary to change it so that Han shot second and they both shoot at each other so he had more of a cost to shoot him so why would he do that and this is where my conspiracy comes comes in you see george lucas he's he's a pretty old dude like this is 2004 right he's he's nearing i think he's almost finished the the prequel trilogy he's kind of old He's gotten a lot of crap over him especially for the first two prequel movies because like people really hated those in the beginning so he's like, I want to get out of this whole business. I just want to retire on a big yacht and, and, and have fun and just <laughs> chill, chill out, you know? So, but a lot of his money is going to be in LucasArts, right? Because that's his company. So what he wants is to sell that company. And who would he like to sell it to? Who's got money? Disney. Exactly. And what kind of company is Disney? What, what kind of characters do they like to, to, to produce? Mickey Mouse. Yeah. And, and, Children. yes exactly and uh, would mickey mouse shoot someone in cold blood uh debatable not in the modern era exactly so <laughs> here is my here's my conspiracy theory which i am dreaming up is that he deliberately made this scene so that han solo would be more kid friendly because he's more of a heroic type if he doesn't just outright mm. shoot him and then he's more of a disney character
2: Is the Lion King Disney? Yes. So the role of Scar and essentially killing Mufasa is quite graphic. And then you see Simba crying out for his father and seeing him die in front of him, which also goes back to Star Wars Connection because of James Earl Jones voicing Mufasa and who also voices Darth Mm. Vader. Um, So I don't... I think that that's I I think that that's a pretty heavy scene for Disney to have partaken prior to 2004, right? Because The Lion King came out in the late 90s.
1: It did. It did. I get where you're coming from. However, they Bambi is pretty graphic too, by the way, because Bambi's oh, mom yeah. dies and it's just traumatic. It's horrifying. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Disney just, Disney has a big thing for dead parents. Just look at Disney movies and see how many people, like how many main characters, are not orphans. It's insane. It's like yeah, maybe sure, five or something. But
2: <laughs> I do like I do get your point of the conspiracy of the the maybe there was a part of George Lucas that wanted to have Han have more of a redeeming quality to him. So it made sense that like, oh, if Han shoots second, then he's just reacting to someone trying to kill him and this can just be kind of like himself. a redeeming quality. But like, I don't know if it's as as methodical as George Lucas put this in place so that Disney could buy Star Wars because irrespective of, of this being done or not, Star Wars and Lucasfilms was worth a fuck ton either way.
0: That's true. That's true. Han, did you hear the other conspiracy that was kind of more meta? I didn't put in the list because I, I didn't know I didn't want to go too meta. But there is this theory that LucasArts was actually bought by Disney in the nineteen seventies, but they didn't make the purchase public or official until like the late two thousands to avoid becoming too monopolistic or something like that. Or no, to better fit in if they're less PG standards.
1: That's a pretty crazy one. I heard yeah. something
2: sort of like that. I don't know if it was the same along the lines that there was a previous deal for Disney to purchase Lucasfilms yes. prior. I don't know when that occurred, but what it is interesting is that a Toy Story that was made by... Who made Toy exactly. Story? Yeah, Pixar. Pixar. So Pixar was created as a subsidy of Lucasfilms and around the Star Wars timeframe. And they started out as just purely technology-based. So it was a subsidy of Lucasfilms that went spiraling off into its own thing and then was eventually sold to Disney. So mm. there is a bit of a connection there. I, um, actually,
1: didn't, I actually didn't know that it is, that it was a Lucasfilm thing. I thought it was just a mm-hmm. company in and of itself crazy
0: i anyway i I thought it had a steve jobs connection too that was the only other thing i knew about pigs yeah
1: but we're not going to talk about steve jobs because that's (laughs) going to right (laughs) sorry sorry
0: sorry sorry (laughs) go go on han go on yeah
1: no so so that's my little little theory because i thought the handshot first theory was pretty lame in and of itself as well i just feel like there's might be more behind the reason why they decided to change it because it's kind of a weird change to make doesn't really make that much sense mm. unless you look at it from a money perspective mm. Mm.
0: so i guess to wrap it up from everything that han has said 10 being completely true or no one being completely true and 10 being completely false where do you stand on this sab, really quick
2: where do i stand on what
0: so on this theory
2: but what's the theory or is it who shot first or is Let, it let's han's theory
0: han shot first but got switched by lucas films to make themselves more profitable
2: Oh, I'm gonna say the is a three, two, I'll, two. Or I'll three. take it.
0: I'll take it. It's so very unbelievable or very believable.
2: Um, I can kind of see where it comes from, but I'm not there.
0: Okay, okay. I I could believe it, except I just feel like George Lucas is a weird guy, and I feel like he had much bigger reasons to change his films rather than getting an extra billion or so yeah because i think once you have basically guaranteed one or two billion in the bank another one or two doesn't make that big of a difference
1: yeah that's not quite true if you look at the kind of yachts that are being made <laughs> one well, or two billion could no. be the difference between a 20 story yacht and a 30 story yacht i uh, see where your aspirations lie on <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm just all i'm saying first
1: right all, all I'm saying is that once, you, like you, money works in echelons, right? Once you get to a next level, there's always like another one above you. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm nodding vigorously. So. By the way, you can't see me, but I am. <laughs> okay, we'll take your word for it. Sad? Do you know the other
0: Star Wars conspiracies? Maybe we touched on one or two more.
2: Um, I feel like I do. None are coming to mind right now.
0: Oh, I can I can, uh, I can rehearse your memory a little, or whatever you call it. Shake your memory? Speed up your memory?
2: Uh, jog my memory?
0: Jog memory. I knew it was something. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Are you guys familiar with how inaccurate stormtroopers are in shooting their weapons? Yes. Okay. So, some people are really fanatics and counted how accurate stormtroopers were overall in every Star Wars movie. So, for instance, in A New Hope... They fired 404 shots and out of 404, they got 10 hits, which is a 2.47% accuracy, which is kind of embarrassing. It's even worse in the Empire Strikes Back where they fired 104 shots with one hit, which is a 0.96% accuracy. Pretty stellar numbers. I think the best movie they said was Rogue One, uh, but from 806 shots, which is a pretty impressive number. They had 80 hits for 9.92% accuracy, although certain death troopers in the movie had a higher accuracy because I guess they're more specialized. But So I'm going to ask you two, why do you think stormtroopers are so bad at shooting their guns, which is basically their only purpose in this life they were given?
2: Uh, I was going to say, I don't know, probably like their uniform and their helmets and stuff probably can't actually see out of those things, so... That's... That and to drive the plot forward, so that your favorite heroes can survive.
0: <laughs> I mean, some valid points. The you, the helmet one is something that's floated around. I think one of the Clone Wars episodes actually referenced it, where I think one mm-hmm. of the clones put on a helmet and he's like, "I can't see through this." frozen it yeah. off and it gets like ten headshots
1: or something like that. It's um, exactly the uh, like the 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 the, uh, the series that came after Clone Wars, in which they did that. Yeah, There's Rebels. Like... Yeah, sure. uh,
0: I did not know, but <laughs> I knew it was one of the animated products, but. Helmets is not going to be the one of the key conspiracies I lean on. I have two that I'm going to lean on. One is more believable. One is slightly more out there. But I can make a compelling case, as I always do. Right, Han? Yes. Okay, oh, okay. no, you what? should
2: have left it at the silence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I was going to say. <laughs> anyways. Anyways. So, I mean, to, to give it some context... In some senses, their 4% hit rate across all movies is not that terrible. Um, Here's a cool historical trivia question. Some scholars estimated this, but in the Vietnam War, how many shots did the average American soldier fire before hitting a target?
1: Way more than in the Second World War. That's what I know. Yes, it's because they did start practicing on like pop up. Thing, so it would be more of a reflex thing than an actual thought thing, because people would like instinctively shoot over the targets.
0: Yeah. But if you put a number to it, how many shots do you, or her rounds do you think a soldier would fire before they actually hit something in the Vietnam War? Like a hundred.
2: Oh wow, oh my gosh. <laughs>
0: you went for a hundred, Han? Yeah, one percent hit rate. Right. A hundred is a pretty... It's not high enough. Oof. Is to try 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 one a bit higher.
1: Uh, five hundred.
0: No, not even close. Oh my god! What? All right, ten thousand. You're getting warmer, but you're still not halfway there. Right. What the hell what are they I, shooting at. What I read, I don't know how reputable, but I, it seems reputable. I read that for they for every round they hit, they fired fifty thousand rounds before hitting something which oh God. makes sense because they were all stoned out of their minds because it was Vietnam and just shooting at random things and destroying forests in a country, basically.
2: Oh, God.
0: So, I don't know. Maybe this is somewhat accurate. <laughs> I mean, it is more embarrassing, but who knows? But the, the, the explanation most people or most Star Wars conspiracists would say is, you know, the main characters who they're always shooting at they're mainly, they're mainly Luke, Leia, Obi-Wan, people like that who have force powers. So the theory is you kind of like cloaked them into force. So, you know, the force kind of protects them, makes them a bit harder to hit. And that's somewhat believable. Or, you know, the best evidence for it is actually in Rogue One, where they had the, the force sensitive guy. If you remember the blind guy, I believe his name was Shiru Imwe, as my notes would say. And he had the same like the one with the staff, right? Blind, yeah, yeah, and one, one with the
2: force, and the force is with me, and one with the exactly.
0: force, and the force is with right? Me. Yeah, yeah, so so the so the it's like the best evidence goes, he goes into the battlefield like that, and his buddy gets just gets shot right beside him, whereas he gets <laughs> completely unscathed. So, you know, the force does do something. Would you believe that the
1: force can protect you from these blaster shots? Uh, all right, so I, I want, I want, I like flipping it around and, and seeing that saying that stormtroopers are bad, so the good part of the force just gives them bad juju which always makes them shoot uh, uh, like this nice. <laughs> i think that, that could, it's level. like it can, it's kind of a karma thing if, you, if you're if your karma is so bad everything you do just goes wrong like every bowling mm. ball you just kind of skews left or something
2: i feel like i'd support more of han's perspective on on that than the original wow. original one that was just given out simon
0: you're really not going to like my second explanation by how no. this is going. <laughs> Do you want to hear my second explanation? I refuse to tell Honda's beforehand because I'm sure he'll love it. All right. So you know, you know, back on Tatooine, right? Hunza, I mean, sorry. Luke's parents were, or Luke's adoptive family was, a uh, Uncle Ben or some. Sorry, Uncle Ben uh,
2: and Umper, or not Uncle ben, <laughs>
1: um, Uncle ben. Uncle Owen and then Luke. Uncle and then Owen Luke
2: and Aunt Aunt Beru. That.
1: And then he was yeah. told, with great power comes great responsibility, and then he became Spider-Man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. Anyways, the theory goes: Beru and Owen. You know how they got kind of murdered in the first movie, right?
2: Oh, they were toast.
0: Well. Those are just bodies, right? Crispy. Yes. Yeah. How do you identify that? It's just a body. The theory goes, you know, two stormtroopers came over and two stormtroopers left, but the bodies were not Uncle Owen. Oh, no. Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. They managed to overpower these stormtroopers, climb to their outfits, and then secretly masquerade into the, into the the into the empire. And then from within the empire, they were in some scenes, and they made sure, you know, not to aim too closely at uh, at Luke and Han during their escapades within the Death Star and <laughs> stuff like that.
1: Are you are you suggesting that every every like pair of stormtroopers that shot <laughs> at Luke and Uncle and, Han Owen and was Uncle, Uncle Owen and
0: I mean, you can't tell them apart, right? You can't say they weren't them.
2: but but it didn't sound like them.
1: What well, from their footsteps?
2: No, they speak.
1: Yeah, but that's through like a robot kind of voice modulator. So I, I can see that. Yeah. I can wave that, I suppose. But but like, sometimes they get shot at by five stormtroopers, or like more than two. How do you explain that?
0: Yeah, just, you know, act a bit clumsy. I mean, they do have a 4% hit rate, so...
2: Oh, what about this? What if it was Jar Jar Binks that was able to escape and then joined, accidentally joined... Um, the Empire. And that uh, was one of those stormtroopers who was clum- who was clumsy, because we've seen the proof. Proof <laughs> is in the pudding. He saves the day every time of being clumsy in the Clone Wars. Um, mm. Is he, though? We'll
1: uh, see. We'll, hun, we'll the,
2: oh, we'll that's the that. other conspiracy, too, that Jar Jar is... Uh, is that something that yes, we're getting yeah. to later?
0: We're going to get to that one. We're going to okay. get to that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, how would you rate my You guys weren't too receptive to the Force one, but what about, you know, the... Because, you know, getting shot and being burned to a crisp, you know, that's not a really sexy way to go out. This is a much nicer way to watch the Star Wars movies. Am I not correct? What would you rate this one? Believable? Not believable? Where do you fall?
2: Uh, For the first one... What was your first one? It was the... the...
1: Force theory. Force protects you.
2: Oh. Um... It, okay, if the first one is Hans' theory, then I would give that like a six or a seven. Oh! If so, but for your second theory, I would probably, I would give that a ten out of ten for creativity.
1: <laughs> thank you, thank you, yes. thank you. Is it is it Hans, possible? You give, is it possible to give minuses? <laughs> <laughs> the second one. <sighs>
0: I think it's a good theory. You got it. Right, let's
1: let's go even further. If there's a group of stormtroopers, it's just because Aunt Aunt Baru and Uncle Owen actually went to Camino and cloned themselves. Yeah. So the, <laughs> Aunt, actually, Aunt Aunt and Uncles Luke's Aunt and Uncle.
2: It's an army of Uncle Owens and Aunt Baru's. Exactly,
1: and they're just I waiting mean... for the right moment to strike. Except every time, like the Death Star gets blown up, and they all die.
2: Jango head yeah. is no longer needed step
1: no. aside
0: uh, <laughs> uh han do you want to maybe uh jump to the next theory the one uh the one sab to that
1: yes well let's let's get to it so you already mentioned jar jar binks and his um well his kind of crazy amount of luck um so basically there's this theory that jar jar is is not not as innocent and clumsy and dumb as he might look like that he actually might be something quite different something a lot more sinister than than what he lets on i don't know how much have you have you heard about this theory do you, do you know it
2: a lot very well
1: all right all right so all right for for the odd aud- I'll, I'll explain it mostly for the audience then because uh because i feel like you'll 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 know what i'm talking about so basically there's three arguments that I have prepared here, that Jar Jar is something much more than he actually lets on to be. The, the first argument is, well, as Saf said, is the, the uncanny amount of luck that the guy has. So it, this is a series in which people die, and like, like Greedo, they die. Their limbs get cut off, like, all the time. It's kind of crazy how much that happens. And Jar Jar just kind of gets off scot-free every time while being a complete idiot. Like, he just bumbles around and dodges blaster shots by tripping over things and it's insane it's also one of the reasons why people hated the first movie prequel movie as much because he kind of sticks out like a sore thumb because he's just too comical to like be believable for star wars fans so that's kind of crazy right why would such a like almost disney-esque uh cartoon character be in star wars well there might be a good reason for it because the uncanny luck might actually have to do with the fact that he is maybe a four sensitive. He actually senses all the things that are happening and he's actually dodging them in his own, on his own accord. He's not actually being clumsy. He's just pretending. Yeah. So like I said, the first argument is that his luck is actually s- skill. So yeah, he's extremely lucky, um, which could hint at something more because that kind of luck doesn't exist. Obi-Wan says it in the first movie that there is no such thing as luck. So Obi-Wan knew the guy. Maybe he knew what he really was. So the second argument is that Jar Jar is quite agile. Like he can do a lot of crazy flips and jumps and shit, many of which we only see Jedi perform in the rest of the movie, as well as Sith. Dun, dun, dun.
0: Do you recall Sab the scene where he just jumps into the pond in the first movie? Mm-hmm. That is not a normal thing that pings do, right? No,
2: I'll refute that later.
0: <laughs> You'll refute it later, okay? I I want to see one of his other species do that kind of little twirl thing. Like, his even before he does it, I'm gonna point it out. He does like the little, you know, you know, praying. Yeah, hand. and then he
2: it spins and then.
0: Yeah, that's a that's for surely some kind of force thing honestly
1: well there's a good argument made that he's actually inspired that his movement and like fighting style quote-unquote is actually inspired by the drunken the drunken master style of of combat because he kind of sloshes (laughs) around and then he centers himself which they do as well there's some clips on it which i i'm not going to show you but you can you can look it up somebody spent a lot of hours into perfecting this theory Uh, because he's kind of sloshing around like aimlessly but that's just a ruse to misdirect actually he's he's quite skilled and he's quite agile and it's just a kind of fighting style so that both of these things kind of suggest that he's a very skilled fighter and he's also a force sensitive and finally he's also good friends with palpatine Hmm. of course like the one there's the one scene that he kind of hands supreme power to to Palpatine, that's that's Jar Jar that does that. Um, we're not even touching on the fact that Jar Jar became a senator that can do that. Like, this guy is a total idiot. Why do they do it? it, it like, the fact that he's such an idiot and he's managing to get into all these positions. Well, it, we've seen Jedi get into some people do some quite strange stuff for them just by a hand wave, you know. So, why wouldn't he be able to? So, mm his connection with Palpatine is actually quite a, a slightly deeper because he's also from Naboo. Like the Gungans are also from Naboo. So why would they not be hanging out sometimes? You know, there's just Palpatine's on a stroll in the forest or something. And there's Jar Jar and they're just talking, you know, nothing odd about it. Mm. The oddest thing about it maybe is the fact that, well, Palpatine gets Supreme power in the second prequel movie But he's still seen hanging out with Jar Jar in the third one. Like, why would he keep him around? He doesn't need Jar Jar anymore. Why would you keep that guy around? It's not going to look good. So. Maybe you're just a bad friend, Han. Well, why would he be friends with Jar Jar?
0: Wow, so rude. He's a human being. No. Go on, go on, go on.
1: He's not a human being. Specifically. Also, I
0: love. I was watching the first one too. Kegon, uh, I always say his name wrong, but Kegon Jin, Qui Gon, yeah. <laughs> but sorry, I preface this by saying I always say it wrong. But he is so mean to Jar Jar, as in like he despises that creature. You can tell it from the way he, the like he grabs his tongue in midair, that kind of stuff. But yeah, sorry, go on. Han. He knows,
1: He knows that Jar Jar is a Sith. He's sensing it, and he doesn't actually like he doesn't know for sure because his mind's being clouded. But he, he's got he's got this this primordial tinge kind of alerts him to to the danger so of course we don't we never see jar jar be a sith lord it, it's all quite well it doesn't really end up being anything so do you know why that is sav
2: because everyone hated jar jar after the phantom menace
1: exactly and george Lucas is just chickened out of his whole crazy twist plan because well yeah people hated jar jar like how would people have reacted if jar jar was actually the bad guy I mean, I would have reacted better than to the ninth movie, so.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, well, the eighth <laughs> movie really did it, but.
1: I, I haven't um, even seen the ninth one. I told this to Simon. I haven't even watched it because I just wanted, like, I've never actually wanted to leave the cinema for a movie except for The Last Jedi. Oh,
2: yeah, The Last Jedi, I forgot. That's a whole other topic, but. Yes. Um, you, you'll, notice,
0: you'll notice we purposely didn't do any sequel trilogy oh
2: thank god because i kid you not when i think of star wars i think of the original trilogy the prequels clone wars rebels mandalorian and like all those types of iterations i do not at all include the sequels as a part of that like they are just cut off in my brain i pretend like they never happened it's like me with the last two seasons of game of thrones i pretend that it never happened
1: I was Talking about uh, the, the sequel th- trilogy with Simon, and I was actually saying, like, I could go on for, for hours about how bad I thought The Last Jedi was, and it's kind of in the same yeah. spot as season eight of Game of Thrones. Like, those are the two things yeah. that I could talk Yeah, about. I could feel yeah. probably not a day of talking about it. I will not, but I
0: will defend Rogue One. That's my one thing. I did, no, th- I
2: love Rogue One. I thought that yeah. Rogue One was a great film, same, fun. yeah. I That's thought Solo fun. was shit, but Same. the shittiest the shittiest Star Wars film in the Disney era was episode eight, like The Last Jedi. And I thought nine
0: was worse. I, I will say that. I <laughs>
2: thought that nine was a combination. I think nine was J.J. Abrams trying to clean up and do... Uh, what should have been episode eight and episode nine into only episode nine.
0: I think nine would have been better if you just kept on doing what Rian Johnson was doing beforehand in number eight. It wouldn't have been a great movie, but it would have been better than the mess we got. I just
2: like, I, I think that there is <laughs> some validity to that, but I think I, I'm very conflicted because when I saw the force awakens, episode seven, for the first time, I thought, I was like, wow, this is a great film. Like, this is a great movie. But, but, and I watched it, like, five times. But as I saw how the sequels progressed, I'm starting to realize that all of the problems from episode eight, not all, but... This, the foundational problems from 8 and 9 stem from Episode 7. And the problem is is that it was just a reiteration of Episode 4. There was nothing new to it. And what I didn't like is if at that point in Episode 7 that there's now unbalance in the Force, what the fuck was the point of 1 to 6, Right? Yeah. Like what who like there we talk about this prophecy all along, right? The prophecy, the chosen one, blah 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 blah. And we finally see that resolve in in episode in episode six, for there to be a sequel and then an unjust, unruly, bad power that now is destroying planets and now there's another rebellion and blah 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 in the sequel series. It's just like what like what was the point of the original?
0: Well, you could say maybe they didn't defeat the original bad power in the original trilogy. You could say maybe there was some uber-powerful Sith Lord that was introduced in the earlier movies. Yes. That was George Lucas's plan all along to be killed off in the sequels.
1: Right. The, the balance will not be restored until, until Jar Jar is, is defeated. <laughs> Dark.
2: Dark. Fair enough. We'll center just, this back around Jar Jar,
1: yeah, shall we? Before we get into a, an hour-long rant about how shit the, the sequels were, because I yeah, feel like yeah. we, that, that's a rabbit hole we don't want to dive into if, if like, we ever want to quit like and just sure. podcast on a node. But uh, just just to finish the Darth Jar Jar theory off, is there is a quote uh, from George Lucas about Yoda in the the first movies. Because you you remember how Yoda kind of was kind of kooky when he was first introduced? Like he was laughing and beating his stick and just being kind of odd. And then he became really profound. So he said, Yoda really comes from a tradition in mythological storytelling, fairy tales of the hero finding a little creature on the side of the road that seems very insignificant and not very important but it turns turns out to be the master wizard or the master thing so jar jar is pretty much found by the wayside in the first movie like they just run into him and he's being run over by by like droid stuff so would he just be there for comic relief as like is happening as happened now or would he actually serve a greater purpose i don't know and
0: and it's a good parallel you know George Lucas was all about parallels between his two trilogies. I, I think it really works well.
2: I, I, okay. So I am strongly like, no, like this is no, but I can see that there are, I can see how this could have developed into something else. And I think that there has been, I think, I don't know if this is fact, but apparently George Lucas has confirmed allegedly, that Jar Jar Binks was supposed to be a Sith. Um, But I don't know how true that is. Um, But if you're, like, everything makes sense in the sense of, like, okay, like, Palpatine might have orchestrated Jar Jar to fuck over the Gungans to create a divided Naboo. And to be there to make sure that all this shit happened and all this kind of whatever happened. Cool. That makes sense. Where everything just kind of, like, falls apart for me is just Jar Jar as a character. Like, there's no doubt that, like, Jar Jar could be someone who is skillful in the art of fighting and all that kind of stuff. Who could have force sensitivities, But that doesn't mean that he's a Sith. And I think it goes back to the original point, which I think Han said was that, you know, there's no such thing as luck, right? Like everything is controlled by the Force. And I think that that, that's proper though, right? It's the the same with Jar Jar. Jar Jar can still be this clumsy, skillful, maybe Force-sensitive Gungan, but it doesn't mean that he's like, you know, he's a Sith. He was placed there from the Force in order to, what, to to drive the story forward, right? To to then eventually go and find Anakin on Tatooine for all of that to drive forward. I think that that was really dictated by the Force, but does that mean that he was a Sith? Uh, I don't know.
0: I I'm more sympathetic towards this one, just because I think... I think George Lucas just screwed up in making him too hateable because I really do see the rhythm or the symmetry between the Yoda character and the and the Jar Jar Binks character. Just they're complete opposites, polarly in kind of like personality, physical looks, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I do think there's a really good symmetry there and the quotes there. I know, I know, my my conspiratorial mind, is, you know, it's it's running in high gear, right.
2: It's hard for me, too, because a lot of what the character of of Jar Jar is predicated on is a lot of, like, racial stereotypes Mm. about Black individuals. And we shouldn't forget that Ahmed Best is the actor who was behind Jar Jar who faced
1: unspeakable
2: racism and who I think has been very open about his struggles with his mental health coming out of Star Wars and uh, especially to, like, he's he went into a very deep serious depression after um so because of that also that leads me to believe that there wasn't a seriousness associated with Jar Jar Binks um
0: on the other hand you could you could say Yoda was also based on Asian stereotypes so I I just think George Lucas isn't the greatest
1: person per se. Oh, <laughs> I agree.
2: I agree. You know, he didn't
1: have a, have a fault yeah. to make an accent, which was just uh, let's yeah. I mean, but another point that speaks for the Darth Jar Jar theory is the fact that Count Dooku was just kind of there in the second movie, you just like and there is another guy with a red lightsaber, and he just got a little bit of backstory, and we're just gonna plunk him there. It was kind of introduced haphazardly to cover up for the fact that the main the, the main bad guy they were gonna face at that point was actually hated so much that they feared it might just blow up the entire movie if they like did it. went along as planned.
2: Hmm. Yeah, and I think that makes sense too, especially because Darth Maul. Well. Allegedly, but we know now it's not true. Dies in episode one. Um, yeah, it becomes
1: much cooler. He's so much cooler in Clone Wars. He actually gets the talk. the
2: rule, yeah, I I love. This is why I love the Clone Wars. So they do so much more digging into like a whole bunch of shit. Um, but oh fuck, what was I gonna say? I was saying Darth Maul. Oh, the rule of two. Two. So the rule of two. There's a master, and then there's the apprentice. And so it would make sense that at the end of episode one, when Darth Maul dies, that the Apprentice is now dead, then it becomes Count Dooku in the second and third films, and then Count Dooku dying at the beginning of the third film, and then Anakin then Darth Vader taking that spot at the end of the third film. But then I would ask the question, is what happens to Jar Jar at the end of Revenge of the Sith, if we are abiding by the Rule of
1: Two? Yeah, that, that's a so, good question. That I, I feel like that's that's a, a question we're probably sadly never gonna have answered. What what, what would Jar Jar have mm. done? Would we have seen some some epic fight between Jar Jar and Yoda, as we would have seen, like as we saw J- Yoda versus Count Dooku. That would have been some nice symmetry, Simon.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like to some extent, you could have perhaps just answered it by saying instead of Dooku, it would have been Jar Jar. And maybe Jar Jar would have gone like decapitated or something in the first movie instead. But I, I just like
2: Jar Jar was had to be expend. If this was true, like Jar Jar had to be expendable at some point within yeah. from one to three. Um, but I but I think it's also interesting that could lead into the same conspiracy that oh gosh now I am flip flopping and being a hypocrite now. <laughs> go for it, go for it. That if if Jar Jar was a Sith, that it makes sense that we have not seen him in any iteration of star Wars that has come after episode three. So we have not seen him in rebels. We did. I don't believe he was spotted in rogue one. He was not spotted in the sequel series. He was not spotted in the original trilogy. He's not spotted in the Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Maybe
0: time is on his side.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: I'm coming around a little bit, but not fully. (laughs)
1: It's that's, yeah. that's a good theory. It's it, it's, they put some work into it. Whoever came up with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Should we give a quick ranking and move on to what will probably be one of our final theories? Because I, yeah. I, we're running a bit short on time. But...
2: All right, I'll give this a quick. I'll give it a. I'll give it a six. It intrigues my interest, but I don't. Uh, six or 5 I'll intrigues me, but I don't know.
0: I'll give it like a a good. I think an eight. I, I want this one to be true, just because yeah, I, I like having purpose to figs and I think giving Jar Jar a good purpose is good. It would really, in my opinion, it would really kind of retcon a lot of the first movie, because I think a lot of problems of the first movie were just, for me personally, just the Jar Jar figure, <laughs> and this would actually make it acceptable to me to pay
1: off. Also, the Anakin kid character, that was, that was horrible, that was horrible, sorry. What, the Anakin kid? The Anakin kid was terrible.
0: I actually no. thought his acting was not terrible for a child actor. I will say it wasn't terrible, yeah. but it was pretty bad.
2: What can, I don't i Jake Lloyd is the story of Jake Lloyd has been really tough to kind of like absorb after, and I I think that he did a fine job as a kid thrown into that position. There's also there was a little documentary that came out. Um, I think it's like 10 minutes long on YouTube about the kid who was the runner up for. Um, Anakin and I would encourage everyone listening and everyone here to go and watch that because it's actually it's quite hard on those kids and both of them respectively so I give Jake Lloyd all the credit in the world for his performance
0: so you're saying there could have been two Anakins though Ah.
2: I'm not starting this conspiracy
0: (laughs) well I'm going to start somewhat of a conspiracy along these lines Han you know what this is right
1: I I think I know what you're getting at Yeah.
0: yeah so I threw up two pictures here real quick. I'm going to explain them for the audience listening. First picture is, I think, from the first minute of episode, or it's from really early on in episode four, where it's uh, Luke and Han stormtrooper outfits of Chewbacca. Second picture is a bit, is one minute later in the movie, Uh, same scene. Can you spot the difference between these two pictures? Han, any ideas?
1: Mm, well they're standing in an elevator i'm sorry okay um, i'm
0: struggling i'm gonna i'm gonna direct your attention sav look at their heights yeah it seems like the shorter one the one on the on the on the the right who is luke suddenly grew a nice foot
2: (laughs) i don't know about that
0: i mean it's uh
2: in the second photo
0: yeah, if you look at the second photo, he is obviously taller than he was in the first photo.
2: I don't know. I think it could just be the angling of the camera and stuff. Also, I don't. I take this with a okay. I'll I'll let you continue.
0: Okay, so my basic point is that there's this theory called "bigger Luke," where if you're watching, especially the original trilogy, there are several points in this original trilogy where Luke. When compared to Han on screen, suddenly it seems shorter or bigger compared on the scenes. So, this has led to a lot of speculation by the keener eyed individuals who have been viewing these movies. They're split into two camps the inch lucers and the centilucers. Uh, so, the inch lucers believe there's about a two to three centimeter height discrepancy, so an inch. The centilucers believe that there's a one centimeter uh, height discrepancy between Luke Prime, which is the original Luke. And bigger Luke, who is slightly taller. Regardless, they all agree that there's a bigger Luke and our original Luke. Are you following? Yes. Yeah. Okay, perfect. I I didn't want to leave you guys behind. And this is supported not only by a few scenes, but a few other scenes, as well as some dialogue. So I'll run you through a few of the more notable ones. Uh, There's obviously a few scenes of pictures where it's clearly demonstrated via some immaculately placed lines, which do not screw out of camera angles whatsoever, that Luke looks shorter and taller in certain scenes, especially compared to his co-actor, Harrison
1: Ford. So for the viewers at home, there's two pictures of uh, Luke Skywalker standing next to Han Solo, and uh, our lovely Simon has drawn some lines on them, which um, show a certain, a little bit of difference. Like He looks slightly shorter in the top picture, as opposed to the bottom picture. But, I mean, these are Simon's lines we're talking about, so...
0: These were drawn by a completely valid internet source, not me. I'm just going to say. They (laughs) look like yours. Regardless, regardless, there is, in certain scenes, height discrepancies. Moreover, some dialogue supports this. Uh, Do you remember the line Obi-Wan says, Sav, of, you've taken your first step into a larger world from A New Hope?
2: Okay.
0: It could be a subtle hint at the height difference.
2: I thought that you were going to say about uh, Carrie Fisher's Princess I'm gonna... Leia. Yep, okay. that's my
0: second piece of evidence, where she says, aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? It's getting pretty suspicious here. Even more so, I, I don't know how suspicious this one is. This is a bit of a stretch. But when they first arrive in Cloud City, Lando gives Luke an extremely weird look, which some people are like, he's a good eye. He must know that Luke is taller in this scene than he's supposed to be. Um, so, take it that way you will. And finally, this is the one that really, you know, somewhat sealed the deal for me. Sav, tell me, you're, you're a Star Wars fan. What's the name of Luke's uh, childhood best friend who convinced him to join the Rebels?
2: Wedge Antilles. Uh, the other one. The other one? Yeah. The other childhood friend that Luke had that short... Oh my gosh, am I being an idiot right now?
1: <laughs> it's a close There's friend... another one? Yeah, there's two. Han do you know this one? I, I, I just knew I just know Wedge and Tilly's two. That's, that's like my the daughter other one was called
0: was called Biggs Darklighter.
1: Biggs. Oh yeah, Biggs oh, oh, yeah. Big okay. I do know Biggs, but the last name,
0: yeah. Isn't that a suspicious name to give in a movie where there's height discrepancies between two loops? <laughs> oh
1: my god. What?
0: <laughs> it's a good just...
1: theory. <laughs> why all right keep going
2: oh okay sorry no i just googled bigs late i know the dude
1: yeah
0: told you it's, it's a suspicious name so there's two main hypotheses why this happens the first one is called the the canon luke hypothesis which blames us on the canon story which actually says that there's two lukes in the star wars universe um why this is is, and I quote from the website I got this from, a hotly debated topic amongst theorists. Um, so you know, there's some controversy here. are is three main reasons I've found. Firstly, uh, Luke was cloned, and uh, the official reason they list is uh, you'll never guess this one. It's because uh, Uncle Owen wanted an extra helper on his farm. So you know, if you have one Luke, why not have two? A little cloning won't hurt, right?
1: <laughs> that is the dumbest but- reason ever. I love it.
0: it's it's credible if you believe farmers
1: well i mean if you do have cloning like that you can you can i guess it makes sense that all right well i could hire a farmhand or i could just clone a second nephew
2: (laughs) we can't afford to send you off to school luke and we can't afford to not have you on the farm but we'll clone you no problem
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay that might keep it Regardless, the second one is not that Uncle Owen cloned him, but that R2-D2 or Obi-Wan cloned him because they knew he was important and wanted a replacement in case he died. Some even extend this theory to say that R2-D2 can teleport Luke in and out of scenes, because you know, Prime Luke is a bit bigger and stronger, so you know, advantages. (laughs) And the third reason, which I love, is that Luke can resize himself due to the Force, And this would explain stuff like bad stormtrooper aim. Because if you. Because he's dodging it
1: by shrinking.
0: Exactly. And it would also, you know, explain his jealousy and stuff. So, like, when Leia's like, oh, aren't you a bit shorter? He's like, well, look at me now. And he grows a bit. (laughs) Are you you not buying this at all?
2: (laughs) It was just a little cringy when you were talking about (laughs) Leia being like, ooh, you're short. And then. luke suddenly grows well he's Ugh. he's
0: basically a teenage boy in these series right come
1: on but if he can use the force to grow why would he only grow like an inch he's still shorter than harrison ford i don't know it's i don't know <laughs> I don't he's know. like
2: 10 so i searched it up there's a 10 centimeter difference between mark hamill and harrison ford so, and also, if you've seen this picture here, you know the top picture, you can see Luke's knee, which means that he's not standing up straight.
0: He's standing on one leg. This is it's true. Same height. It's <laughs> it's called. He's just being just meditating, meditating.
1: Crane pose. <laughs>
0: uh. Anyways, the other theory. So, there's I mentioned two hypotheses. The other hypothesis, the Hamill hypothesis, where uh, where Hamill was a replaced by an uncredited Hamill lookalike for certain scenes for unexplained reasons.
2: Rish. So that that was actually true, though. So in this, during the filming of um, Revenge of the Sith, Mark Hamill got into a bad car accident and he needed his plastic surgery on his nose. So they actually had a stand-in double for Luke at times. But I knew that that happened in Revenge of the Sith, not in A New Hope, which the but, evidence is based off of. What? what Revenge of the
1: Sith? Um, Luke wasn't in Revenge of the Sith, right? Oh, sorry, you not Revenge in...
2: of the Sith. Empire, The Empire Strikes Back. Sorry, oh, was... I'm being stupid.
1: Right. I knew which one you meant, though, okay. but yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I was confused there okay. for a second. It's like when does Luke show up? In, in Revenge and no, of the Sith? No,
2: no, I'm being stupid. It was Empire. Empire Strikes Back.
0: Okay, so Han, what do you think of this one? What What, what are you rating this?
1: Because I I I think this is quite a creative one. I must say so. I. I, I am speechless about a lot of these things. I mean, if you connect it to the, the, the Stormtrooper's missing thing, it becomes so ridiculous that it might become plausible again, but not quite. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm giving this one a two. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> at least it's not a one. Uh, anyways, Sab, what what do you think? Because at least you're not going to give me a one on this one, right?
2: Oh, I'm not. I'm going to give you a zero. Oh,
0: Great. <laughs>
1: great. <laughs>
0: There is a height discrepancy somewhere, but whatever.
1: I, I, I will, I will note that this, this theory was probably conjured up. Like it probably originated before the prequels, and before we knew what the Clone Wars really were. Because with that context of what cloning is now, it mm-hmm. looks even more ridiculous. Like back then, Obi Wan just there was just one throw, throwaway line from Obi Wan about the Clone Wars and how he fought with Luke's dad in it and nobody yeah. really knew what it meant. Like, the word clone and how that came about didn't really yeah. show up again. So I guess it makes more sense if you see it like that, because then it's like, oh, well, clones are apparently commonplace, so why not?
0: Yeah. This theory, for the record, did develop the first in 1985, I believe.
2: Right, so... It's been written did... for a
0: while and has not been disproved yet, so...
2: I mean, it's I wouldn't of... put, like, production, <laughs> if you've ever seen some of the documentaries for the original star Wars film that it's the production value on the, on the sets were not great. Yeah. There's even a moment where Mark Hamill is running after like running to congratulate like princess, Fi- uh, princess Leia. And he goes, Carrie. And they kept that in the film. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> uh
0: Okay, Han, what, what do, you, do you think we should do a th- another conspiracy or so? Because we're running pretty late in our timing. Uh, or should we start uh, wrapping this up?
1: Do we have one? Oh, no, we have we have two left. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah.
0: We can just... skip one or two. Also, we could yeah. mention the Chewbacca's a Sasquatch one to link to previous episodes.
1: Uh, Yeah. No? I mean, okay. I, I can, I can <laughs> do the last one and then, like, one line or one or two lines or something because it's just a cute story that I really like.
0: Ah, yeah, we'll finish at that then. Yeah. Okay. I will say, for the record, I wanted to back to a Sasquatch one in there, but it turns out to be part of the extended, extended universe. But um, can I quickly tell the story because I really love this? So <laughs> in 2004, these guys wrote a book which is non-canon but still somewhat accepted called Into the Great Unknown. It was like a comic kind of thing where... Chewbacca and Han crash-landed on a planet called Earth in the Pacific Northwest. Han got killed by the natives, is what they said. Chewbacca survived, but became the basis for the myth of the Sasquatch. And then 126 years later, Solo's skeleton is discovered by archaeologist Indiana Jones, who also meets the Sasquatch.
2: I would like that to be real. <laughs> I would like to oh see that God.
0: movie. Yeah. <laughs> Much more than any other Star Wars spin-off. <laughs>
2: That's the best of both uh, George Lucas's uh, two series there. Yeah. And all Harrison Ford.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Han, do you want to... I'll flip to the last one we'll we'll handle. I'll, I'll give the reins to you. How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, all right. We'll just... just I don't know if you know about this one, but it, it I think it used to be theory and then it kind of got turned into a short story and made canon. But basically, it's the theory that this, this little droid you see on, on the picture, the red one on the right side... So you might remember it, because it's in one of the first scenes of A New Hope. where yeah. um, So R2-D2 and C-3PO get dumped into the desert, and they get picked up by the Jawas, and well they go to people to sell them droids. So then uh, Uncle Owen and Luke want to buy some droids, so they go to buy these droids, um, and they actually buy C-3PO, but not R2-D2, and they want this one. And then this little red one explodes. And then they decide to get R2-D2. So that's how it went. Seems pretty innocuous. But the theory is, which was, like I said, actually made canon later on, is that actually this was not an accident. That red little robot sacrificed himself to save the galaxy. Because, well, you know how robots can talk to each other? R2-D2 talked to the red robot, who was called R5-D4. And explained to him that he had some vital information about the, that on which the survival of the the rebellion hinged, and as such, the survival of the galaxy. So, and the red robot agreed to to help him in any way he could. And when he got chosen by Luke Skywalker and, and Uncle Owen, he realized that now was his time to, to do what he had to do to fulfill his destiny. So he blew off his he blew himself up, and uh, that cause them to pick R2D2 and also check R2D2's systems, um, which then causes Luke to find the layer recording. So, yeah. Hmm. The, The big hero.
2: I would... I, I would say that to be honest, this this is the guy who saved the galaxy right here and we should we should honor him like we 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 haven't before.
1: You should give yeah. him one of those medals that they that they ended up giving that right? they ended up giving the more exploded Movement. shell, one of those medals. Yeah. Actually no, he survived. It's actually fun fun Dude, fact, what? it's actually canon, he survived. Because so what happened was so robots are Apparently sentient and apparently don't die as easily. I mean, let's let's be honest. He three P O got his head cut off so many times and he was fine. So that happened to this one too. So he reassembled himself, survived the like the the attack by the stormtroopers and the Jawas because that happens in the in the movie too. And then he just wheels off to find the rebellion at some point, and he actually shows up in the Mandalorian he's actually oh, really
2: there.
1: he's in the mandalorian he is, he is in the mandalorian there's one scene where there's like this little robot who, which is exactly this robot doing doing a little thing of tatooine so he, it's actually canon that he survived
2: uh, i'm gonna have to go back and find this little fucker
1: <laughs> it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of a throwaway moment but it's really cute and also just just to finish it up the last little thing that. Mm-hmm surrounds this theory, which might also be canon, I think it's another short story, is that actually this robot didn't talk to R2-D2. He's actually a Force-sensitive robot, so he sensed the importance oh. of R2-D2, and therefore he blew yes. himself up. Hmm. Yes. Mm, yes. I, I approve. I think this is
0: okay.
2: Yes. I, I think that this was 100 out of 10.
0: <laughs> wow, thanks. That's, that's the best score <laughs> I've got. Well, Sab... The way we want to end it is kind of rank these by how much we want them to be in the Star Wars universe. But um, do you have any thoughts that we should still do the ranking? Because I feel like it's pretty obvious how it's gonna go.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that this logo was his name R five D four.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: R five D four is in a galaxy far, far away that needs to actually have his own spin off TV series. This this man's the 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 myth. And the legend, he's the man. He's the dude. He's, he's number he's the, one. He's,
1: he's the chosen one that will br- bring balance to the force. Exactly. Guy, he the is looks-
2: the balance to the force.
1: Mm. Nice, nice.
0: He's
2: gonna appear in the sequel series to help us all. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> he'll he'll fight off a uh, he'll fight off Darth Jar Jar, right?
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, Darth he'll, Jar Jar.
1: He'll he'll, he'll be Darth wheeled right? on like wearing one of those brown jedi cloaks and like clutching a little lightsaber in his in his little little thingy little grabby thing that rtd2 has
0: yeah uh okay i think that about wraps up our grab bag special of star wars conspiracies we actually have enough left to do another episode if we want on this topic Oh <laughs> yeah we'll we'll see about that we'll see about that um Mainly, I also wanted to do this one, this episode, because I was still a bit tired out from my time travel from ta- from the time travel episode we did last week. I did a lot of research for that, so I am like, I need something fun and quick. <laughs> but I, I
2: appreciated pre- the Star Wars episode. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, no, nah. I, I think it was pretty fun too because it's 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 relaxing sometimes, and it's pretty low stakes. As um, as Matt was saying in the other episode, the best conspiracies are the low stakes ones. But yeah, True. yeah. So I think with that. We'll start wrapping it up. Thank you for coming on, Sav. I've had a great time reconnecting again.
2: Thank you for having me. It was great to be here.
0: Do you want to hear more of Sav on this podcast channel, per se, check out my old Canadian election episodes. <laughs> Those... My
2: specialty. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Han, thanks for presenting a few of these. You're doing valiantly at this.
1: I, I I hope you managed to follow along in my my confused rambles because I don't follow myself sometimes so
2: You were doing a good job.
1: Yeah. Thanks. And yeah.
0: If if you enjoyed this episode, you the listener I'm pointing to you right now, please like, drop a subscription, drop a follow, if you're on YouTube, drop a comment. We'd love any support we get. And if you have any suggestions for future episodes, let us know as well. Although I have a future one planned as well, and that should be in the description of this episode if you're still listening. Um, And yeah, I think uh, may the force be with you. Or is that way too nerdy to end an episode like this?
2: No, do it. May the force be with (laughs) y'all.
0: Live long and prosper. Ah, Han. uh, Uh,
1: Finally showing my true colors. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, Goodbye, people.
1: See ya.